Hello everyone and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for 25 February 2019. I'm Katni. I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython along with a couple other people uh, typically in the chat. Um, this is a meeting that we have. Uh, TG Techie, can you mute your mic? Thank you. This is a meeting that we have every week um, where we get together Anyone with uh, other developers uh, on CircuitPython and also community members to talk about. Um, go ahead and mute for a minute. Hold on. Okay. Um, so this is a meeting where, where we get together every week. Um, we talk about uh, what we've done over the past week, what we're going to do over the next week, um, and uh, that sort of thing. This uh, meeting is held every week on Monday uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern, um, unless there's a holiday, in which case it will get moved. Uh, but for the most part, it's, it's on Mondays. Um, it gives us a chance to sync up and just see what everyone's up to and uh, just to be able to call people out for uh, the work they've been doing uh, over the course of the week. We love to have everyone on this meeting, um, even if you're just uh, lurking or if you are working on a project or any sort of simple thing like that. Um, we want to hear about all of it. So feel free to join us um, anytime. We also are a podcast now, uh, so if uh, take a look on, um, I know, Spotify and iTunes. Um, if we're not on your uh, favorite podcast uh, service, let us know, um, and we will see what we can do. So this meeting is in five parts now. Um, the first part is community news, where we'll talk about things that are going on in the community. Um, the second part is state of CircuitPython in the libraries, where we will talk about the core code and the libraries um, and uh, discuss um, just quick stats uh, and info going on there. The third part is hug reports. Hug reports is a chance to call people out for doing good work. Um, it's something we took from the Adafruit internal meeting. Um, too often uh, people are not recognized for doing good things. Uh, so we try to take the opportunity to do that um, each week. The fourth part is status updates, where we take a couple minutes to talk about what we've done over the past week and what we will be doing over the next week. And then the last part is in the weeds, where any kind of long form discussion can be had um, about any kind of topic. If you come up with any in the weeds stuff, please type it into the CircuitPython chat. Um, on Discord, and we'll get that into the notes. So a couple things. Um, first, we have notes that go with this meeting. Um, this meeting is recorded. Uh, it's We are in the audio chat on the um, Adafruit CircuitPython Discord, which you can join if you're, if you're listening to this later. You can join at adafru.it slash discord and in the chat um, and we're there all week so if you are listening to this later and you just want to stop in and have a chat um, we are around during the week as well um, the notes will have timestamps, so if you are reading through the notes later and you are interested in a particular topic that was discussed you can scan to that point in the video um, and uh, give that a listen uh, or a watch. Um, it will be uploaded to YouTube as well. Um, and uh, the podcast will eventually uh, go up as well. So with that, uh, I'll go ahead and take a timestamp and get started. So the first thing is community news. Um, we have uh, three things this, this week. DigiKey and Adafruit at PyCon. We will have Circuit Playground Expresses for all. And the CircuitPython team will be running several open space sessions, as they did last year, showing how to use CircuitPython and the DigiKey Adafruit PyCon Special Edition Circuit Playground Express. We'll have extra add-ons to play with, potentiometers, NeoPixel strips, and servos. And the team will be running a CircuitPython sprint for several days to work on CircuitPython libraries and the CircuitPython core code. 
BYOMUSB. Bring your own micro USB cables. We'll have some to borrow during the sprints and sessions, as well as some USB-C adapters, but it's a good idea to bring one too. Uh, you can check out more information about that at adafruit.com slash PyCon. Um, second, check out Nina's fantastic talk at Pi Cascades. Light up your life with Python and LEDs. Um, there are two links, which I will pop into the chat. Um, and last, Adafruit.io for CircuitPython is here. We are thrilled to release the CircuitPython wrapper library for communicating with Adafruit.io. Um, and that's Adafruit CircuitPython, Adafruit.io is the name of that library. And that's what we have for community news. So next up is the state of CircuitPython and the libraries. Uh, first, we'll talk about the project overall, then we'll talk about the core, and then we'll talk about the libraries. So overall, we had 16 pull requests merged, which is great, from nine authors. Uh, C.P. Forbes is an author that I don't recognize, so thank you for what I believe to be your first contribution. Um, and three reviewers, uh, Scott, myself, and Dan. Uh, we had 11 issues closed by six people and 11 opened by five people. So we are exactly even on issues, which um, is fine. We're, we're working through bugs and finding more as we go. And that is how the cycle works. Um, overall, uh, I want to say we are working towards getting 4.0 out the door. Um, we hope to have in the next two weeks or so, uh, a release candidate, at which point um, it should be stable. We should have all the bugs worked out. And uh, then at that point, we will catch anything else um, and hopefully move towards a 4.0 stable release. Uh, so that's the plan there. Um, specific to the core, we had 15 pull requests merged by eight authors. Uh, CP Forbes was part of that and three reviewers. Um, we have seven open pull requests right now, uh, which feel free to take a look at any of those. Some of those are long-term pull, uh, pull requests, um, which means we have them in uh, for discussion more than we do um, for expecting them to be part of 4.0. Uh, we had seven issues closed by three people and eight opened by four people on the core, leaving us with 146 open issues. Um, and there's a link in the notes to the list of issues. Um, the next thing we have is the download stats for CircuitPython. Um, we have uh, the 3.1.2 is our current stable release. And as always, um, it is a significantly higher download rate than the um, beta version. Um, in terms of boards, uh, the highest, as always, is Circuit Playground Express, uh, followed by Trinket M0, I believe. Um, these are pretty typical uh, download stats in general. Um, as for the beta, um, it's currently 4.0 beta 2, and it looks like the highest is uh, Circuit Playground Express, Feather M4, um, and the Arduino MKR1300. Yeah, so uh, the total stable downloads is 6,689 for the past week, and the total beta downloads is 483. Um, what's neat is we can also look at the downloads by language. 3.1.2 does not have translations, so obviously all of them are listed under English, um, but it looks like German and French are the two uh, behind English that are the highest number of downloads. Um, we are looking for people to continue translation work. So if you happen to know any of these languages um, or a new one, uh, feel free to let us know. Um, there's issues on the repo on how to start contributing with um, translations. And uh, all you need to do is take a look at those and then put in a PR um, and we can get that merged in. Um, we're looking for people to translate the most recently added stuff so that we can have a full set of translations for 4.0 stable when we're good to go with that. So um, if you are able to do translations, let us know. Uh, we're super interested in that. Um, Benier says in the chat, I can help with German. That's excellent. Um, take a look I, and see where that's at. There is going to be an issue open for it because it was recently worked on um, and see whether or not there's anything left uh, to translate with the German stuff. Thank you very much for that offer. So 
Now we'll move on to the libraries. Um, the statistics for the libraries are incorrect. Uh, I know because I personally merged at least four pull requests from Maker Melissa this past week, and I was not the only one merging pull requests. So um, Adabot is being um, a little bit odd with what uh, the outcome is, but um, at least four were, were merged um, with four authors and four reviewers. Um, I added names in there just based on people that I rec remembered had, had put in PRs, but the statistics aren't quite right. So we have 11 open pull requests. Uh, looks like at least three of them are not long-term PR. So if you're interested in starting and reviewing, um, take a look at some of those, because uh, some of those are PRs that do need to be reviewed and merged um, soon. And uh, reviewing is a good way to get started. We have uh, four closed issues by three people and three opened by two people, leaving us with 62 open issues. Um, the list of issues is in the notes. So if you are interested in contributing, um, taking a look at the issues on the libraries is a good place to start. There are a number of good first issues uh, in, in that list that um, if you haven't contributed before and you want to get started, uh, sometimes it's as simple as updating a text file or something like that. And if you are not sure how to use GitHub, we do have a guide. And also we are available in the CircuitPython chat to help out with that. So don't let that stop you. Um, we are perfectly happy to help you learn how to do that um, because it helps us. The rest of the stuff for the libraries are repo level issues. Um, the full list is on the CircuitPython library tracking issue, which is on the CircuitPython repo issue list. Uh, that gets updated every Monday um, with the most recent stuff. And so you can take a look at that because there's definitely some good first issues in there. Something as simple as renaming a file. Um, and it, all of it is super helpful. And that is what we have for libraries. Um, and that would wrap up the state of CircuitPython in the libraries. So the next section is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance to call people out for doing something great. Um, like I said, we took this from an internal uh, uh, internal Adafruit meeting um, thing, but we think it's great. Um, we, we like to be able to call people out for doing good stuff. Um, I will start as an example, and we'll go in a round robin. So alphabetically, um, I will begin, and we'll go down the list, and then loop to the beginning and start over. Feel free to let me know if you're lurking. Uh, two people already have. Three people already have. Um, and I will skip over you in the round robins. Um, and other than that, uh, we will get started after I take a timestamp. All right, so I want to give a hug report to Maker Melissa for the continued work on the Featherwing Library and other libraries. Um, she has been putting in a ton of work on uh, testing libraries, doing pull requests, making pull requests, reviewing, um, updating driver list, uh, just so much. And I really appreciate it. Um, it's uh, super helpful to me um, as I... Uh, I'm usually the one going through all that stuff. And so knowing that that's being taken care of is, is very excellent. Uh, I wanna say thanks to Dan H for proofing my guide for me and also helping me out with screenshots. Um, I did a guide on the on using Bluetooth with uh, CircuitPython. It's a getting started guide and uh, Dan helped me out with that. Um, wanna give a hug report to Scott for sprinting at PyCascades right now. Um, he attended PyCascades this weekend and has been discussing um, a lot of CircuitPython uh, with a lot of people and is doing a sprint uh, today, and that's why he's not in the meeting. So thanks for that. Um, and I want to say have a lovely wedding reception if you're listening to this later. And also uh, someone else snuck in a hug report with mine, which is plus one from team at Adafruit. So have a wonderful wedding reception um, that is going on next week. Uh, Scott will also not be attending the meeting next week um, because he will still be with family. So, and lastly, I want to say thank you to Summersoft for the continued Adabot work and fighting the good fight, which would be the fight against Travis. 
So with that, uh, I will move on to Maker Melissa. Okay, I wanted to start with giving a hug to Jerry for all the testing and bug finding and fixing. Um, I wanted to give a hug to Summersoft for helping me with getting some of the repo level issues uh, sorted out. And I wanted to give huge hugs to Adafruit and PT, uh, Lady Ada, Tanut, and you know, so Scott, I guess, uh, for helping me with get all set up and going to PyCon in May. And I want to give a big group hug to everyone else. All right, thanks. Okay, so there are a couple of people who aren't in the meeting um, whose notes I will be reading uh, in alphabetical order as if they were here. It's magical. Um, so first up is Sedacious, uh, who has a hug report for Dan for helping with getting a portly hollowing build on a diet. Lady Ada for testing and breaking bitmap stuff. To Jerry, Brent, Micro Melissa, Lady Ada, and Anik Data for making it super simple to get temp community data posting to Adafruit IO. Both me and my mushroom farmer friend were very impressed. And next up is Summersoft, who is text only. Uh, so hug report to NNJA Nina Zakarenko for the great Python on hardware talk at PyCascades. To Tan Newt Scott for representing CircuitPython at PyCascades. To Katni and Maker Melissa for identifying and idea bouncing tooling issues and enhancements. To Jerry, Brent, Melissa, Lady Ada, and anyone I'm missing for all the Wi Fi work. And a group hug beyond that. All right. And next up is Scott's hug reports, which are in the notes. Uh, Hug report to Katni myself for running the meeting, running the weekly while I'm gone. To the Circuit Pythonistas for being awesome and continuing the good work. Alan, Thea, and the rest of the PyCascades conference folks. It was a lot of fun, lots of great people. And NNJA for, which is Nina again, for the excellent Circuit Python talk and conversation. That brings us to Brent. Hello. Um... Hug reports to Katni for helping me this morning read the docs. Really useful. Um, Jerry for bug fixing, testing, and finding within Adafruit IO CircuitPython. Um, I'm excited to support his wrapper for ESPAT control when it's ready. I added some support for that. Uh, Summersoft for bug finding and Maker Melissa for work done in the ESP32 spy. Excellent. Thank you. Charles, you said you were lurking, but you're typing, so I will wait just a second. Ah, there it is. Group hug to all. Excellent. Thank you. All right, next up is Dan. Okay, so I have a long list. Uh, thanks to Maker Melissa for a tremendous amount of work on the libraries and other library infrastructure stuff. It might be a record for PRs by one person in a week. I'm not sure, but it's close. <laughs> Um, and thanks all to, Sum to Summersoft in the same vein for continuing to work on all kinds of Travis and other library issues that are hard to figure out. Uh, thanks to Katni for testing my BLEIO stuff, which found some issues and we were able to fix them last week. And for the intro guide, really clear intro guide that she's working up, which should be published shortly after review. Um, thanks to Brent for the C uh, CircuitPython Adafruit.io um, library, which sounds great. I've just been looking at it uh, on the side, but it looks really great. Thank you to Scott for continue to, continuing to work on Display.io for PyPortal and 4.0.0 Display.io work, which has all kinds of wonderful features like terminals and fonts and all kinds of things like that. Um, Thank you to TG Techie for doing a lot of uh, testing work with the Pi Portal. Um, there's a lot of confusing stuff going on. We hope to have that debugged soon. And thanks also, also to Ur Heber. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but who's been doing NRF testing and also some stuff related to uh, Display.io. And that's also very helpful because it's uncovering some bugs, maybe with the internal file system on small boards. Um, thanks to CP Forbes, who might have had 
their first PR, I'm not sure, but for doing something that was really helpful, underscore, underscore, file, underscore, underscore, which we didn't have and was added. Uh, thanks to Jerry, as usual, for testing all kinds of stuff and finding simple issues and nits and large issues and uh, now more and more submitting PRs to fix all of them. Um, thanks to Tasm Devil, who did a really major uh, upgrade of the German translation phrases. Uh, there are a lot of, there's a lot of new stuff in there and, and uh, editing on old stuff. That's really helpful. Thank you. And then repeating thanks to NNJA for that great podcast gates talk, which I've watched already. It was wonderful. Excellent. Okay. Thanks, Dan. All right, Jerry. Um, yeah, hi. Um, so just a hug to maker Melissa for, again, all the work she's been doing on, on just making a lot of things easier to use, the uh, updates to the Featherwing library and the, and the Wi-Fi manager stuff for the ESP, uh, SPI has been really helpful. And, um, and uh, Brent for also continuing to just make AIO come alive. So it's been a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Mm -hmm. So with that, uh, that is Hug Reports. Uh, next up, we have status updates. Status updates is a chance to talk about what you've been up to for the past week since the last meeting, uh, and a chance to talk about what you will be doing between now and the next meeting. Um, this is a opportunity to talk about projects you're working on, um, any kind of code, um, if you're new, uh, anything that you are um, looking into, that sort of thing. We want to hear about all of it. Um, we will do this again in a, in a round robin where I will start and we will go down the list alphabetically. Um, this is also an opportunity for other people to uh, give you any kind of feedback on what you're doing. So tips and tricks, that sort of thing. So if you are caught up in something, um, it's an opportunity for other people to help you. Uh, once again, if you feel like there's something that would be more uh, fitted to a long form discussion, um, let us know that you have an in the weeds topic and we will get that added to the notes and then we can talk about it after status updates. So uh, what we'll do is we'll start with me and we'll go around. Um, when I call your name, unmute your mic, um, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing, take a couple minutes uh, and then um, we will continue. So I will get started. So last week, uh, as always, Library Monday updated the CircuitPython library tracking issue, um, took a look at a couple things going on with that, um, had a lot of other stuff come up, and so I didn't get to do a whole lot with that. I finished the Getting Started with BLE and CircuitPython guide. It's in moderation, um, should be up soon. Um, it's a quick guide um, with uh, different demos using the Adafruit BLE or Bluefruit LE Connect application and CircuitPython to either get data from your phone or to send uh, button presses to your board, that sort of thing. Um, just with quick examples, uh, stuff that you could definitely um, expand into um, into a much bigger project, but the idea is to give you some quick info for getting started. Um, I mostly finished the VEML 7700 driver. I was attempting to test interrupt functionality and it's not working. Um, I don't know if it's me or the driver, I'm presuming it's me. Um, mostly documented otherwise and nearly ready for a PR. Um, so this week uh, is Library Monday. Uh, I'll be starting the PyPortal main guide. Um, I will be updating the Charlieplex guide with the Featherwing and Bonnet um, and deprecating the PyCon, or I'm sorry, reading the wrong thing here, deprecating the MicroPython version. Um, and also we're going to be doing up a guide for the Charlieplex Bonnet separately um, since it is a little bit different layout. Um, I'm also going to be doing code for a Noe and Pedro project. I need to do up the um, the fritzing objects for the VEML 7700 and the VCNL 4040 um, boards that uh, I worked on, and then continue the driver work. Um, pretty much all that's left with that is getting documentation into them. Um, as long as the uh, main functionality is working, the rest of it we can sort out as we go. So the plan is to try and get those done as soon as possible and get them PR'd. So 
we can get those tested and um, ready to go. Uh, and that is my status update. What have you been up to, Maker Melissa? Okay, uh, last week I did a lot of repo level cleanup, which means I, I added a lot of missing drivers um, and that currently have documentation. Uh, there's there's still some that don't have documentation, so I couldn't add those. Uh, and I organized the whole driver list alphabetically in each category. Yes, thank you so much I also, for that. Oh, no problem. Um, let's see. I also updated some example repos. Um, I did some more work on my learning guide, so that's coming along pretty nicely. Uh, I finished up the Ultimate GPS Featherwing. I finished up the 8x16 LED matrix featherwing. I regression tested all the featherwings that have been done so far to see if any problems had crept in, and I found something on the GPS one and fixed it. Mm -hmm. um, and I updated the RA8875 examples to work with multiple screen sizes better. Um, this week, I'm going to work on finishing up my learning guide for the RA8875. Um, I'm going to Try and add some more feather wings, starting with the Charlie Plex one. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be moving some, doing some more moving related stuff, so my time will be a little limited. That's totally understandable. All right, thank you. So next up, I have notes from Sedacious. Last week, I added support for 16-bit 5.65 and 5.55 and 8-bit grayscale BMPs to on-disk bitmap. Got a Feather M4, ESP32, and AM2315 posting data to Adafruit.io to start helping my gourmet mushroom farmer neighbor automate his grow houses. This week, uh, humidity and temp data collection for the above, initial plans for automation, more bit depths to on-disk bitmap, and more playing around with Display.io. Next up is Summersoft. All right, so last week, Adabot forced the reports to use unbuffered standard out to hopefully mitigate the 10 minute idle Travis failures, change Travis build to a matrix, bundle update is now one build and reports are a separate one. Tried and couldn't duplicate the new line issue and pasting report output into Google Docs. I tried pasting in Chrome, Edge, and Firefox, and also copied from AWS in browser .txt file and the terminal. Don't have access to Mac, so that could be where the issue lies. I can still add slash R to the line endings if needed. With frequency in, continued regluing work, got through the new CircuitPy config part. Much nicer way of doing things, thanks again to Dan H. Still fighting a couple compile errors. Either some other things changed or I didn't update my backup files before nuking the out-of-date branch. Started working on a fun pirate translation after C. Grover mentioned it last week. Not going to do the entire translation as others have mentioned a desire to contribute. I know it was a joke, but I think this is beneficial from an education standpoint. What child like myself wouldn't love to interact with hardware that talks like a pirate? Even if it's only talking with error messages, learning what not to do is just as important. This week, frequency in, keep pushing through compile errors. Adabot, issue list grew last week, so I'll probably start attacking some of those. Pirate translation, get a little more done on PR so others can careen it a bit. All right, uh, next up I have Scott's notes as well. Added support for risking file corruption in favor of sharing writability of the file system. Reworked translations to make diffs smaller, but it likely needs a bit more thought. Also added script that remerges translations from Git history. PyCascades this weekend and sprints today, hence missing the meeting. Lots of awesome folks. Sprint doc is at, and then there's a uh, URL in the notes. Um, We'll be out after sprints for just over a week, have a lot of family in town, and we'll be spending time with them. Brain will be freer afterwards. Thank, thanks, everyone, to continue to rock while I'm out. All right. And with that, we go to Brent. Hello. Um, last week, I gave a talk about contributing to open source using CircuitPython at Future Labs. They're down the street from the Adafruit HQ, and it went really well. Gave some hardware away, and hopefully we'll see them pop up in here very soon. Um, finalized CircuitPython for Adafruit I.O. 
Um, so IoT has really come to CircuitPython. Uh, we have LoRa, LoRaWAN, Wi-Fi, like all these connection transport methods, which is really cool. Released uh, version 1.0 this morning. I'm sure there'll be 1.0.1 when Jerry uh, has his ESP AT commands stuff finished. Um, finish a dual stepper guide as well. Um, this week, library's done. It's time for a guide. I'm going to write uh, using CircuitPython with Adafruit.io. It's going to feature the Pi Portal um, because that's our uh, Wi-Fi board right now, but it's going to also show support for doing the PSP32 as a coprocessor. Um, continued development of the CircuitPython Adafruit.io library. Like I said, Jerry's working on it. Any other examples I can think of will be added. I think I covered everything, but I'm going to go back to work I did over the summer for the normal Python library, see if that's going on. I also brought at Adafruit.io on Twitter back to life. It was kind of not working for a while, and now we're tweeting, so if you want, uh, go follow it. All right, excellent. Thanks, Brent. Uh, lurking, 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 and I believe that takes us to Dan. Okay. Um... So I'm continuing, uh, there was still some more uh, last uh, minor fixes having to do with the big build refactor that I did a couple of weeks ago. And now we're also trying to sort of clean the rough edges off of the 4.0 release. So for instance, we wanted to make a breaking change and rename some of the MicroPython modules that begin with the letter U uh, to be their CPython names instead, because they're subsets of the functionality, they're strict subsets. And so we'd prefer to use the CPython names so that code is interchangeable, that you could run your code in CircuitPython and on regular Python without changing it. Mm -hmm. So there's a PR that was accepted for that. Um, somebody was trying to use some of the BLEIO classes that actually didn't work. And so I realized I needed to hide those, so that's done. Um, there was a significant problem with the NRF bootloader um, on Windows only. And so um, TAC, who's uh, our expert on that, fixed that and I tested it and we'll have an update procedure for those of you who have um, Fither, Fither 52840s or other dev boards. Um, there's a, an Atom plugin which forces code, which when you write a file, it forces it to be written immediately. And it was working, but only on drives named CircuitPy. And it turns out that now a lot of people are renaming their drives. For instance, um, Lady Ada is doing that. And so I'm going to update that plugin. So it always does an F sync whenever you write a file. And I'll rename it too, because now the name is inappropriate. So that'll be, for those of you who use Adam, that'll be helpful. Uh, I'll continue testing things in BLAIO, uh, probably not implement any more features before the 4.0 release candidate. And there's a lot more minor cleanup to do and issues to fix and close before then. And significantly also, there's um, there are some known crashes in the Pi Portal release, and we have to figure that out. Mm -hmm. I'll be doing a lot of debugging this week. Okay, that's it. All right. Thanks. Um, real quickly, uh, I am going to jump back to C. Grover, who unlurked temporarily. Group hug today. Still working the details of my first CircuitPython class library. The class is working, just adding some controls and decorators. Working on the hardware design first really helped me develop the class UI. We'll continue working on that project, sending out PCB designs off later this week. Lots of snow shoveling planned as well. And Charles Berniford says, MIDI mouthpiece code for my Ocarina demo using MCP single port analog pressure sensor. All right, and with that, we are to Jerry. Um, yeah, I spent a, a bunch of time playing with the ESP32 stuff uh, last week. And for a while, it looked like we were going to totally give up on the ESP-AT support, but uh, it, it's, it's survived. <laughs> um, in some form or another, we'll continue trying to work with it. Um, clearly, it has a, a lower priority and, and lower functionality. The, the preferred route will be the ESP32-SPI. It's so much better. Mm -hmm. But the main reason for supporting and continuing to work with the AT 
was because uh, the one board, at least from my point of view, that works really quite well is the Argon with the built-in ESP32 board. Mm -hmm. It is a nice tool to have, and it can't support the SPI mode. So that was, I think, the real motivation for keeping it. Um, it does support the ESP8266, but that's pretty limited. And um, well, what I'm finding that it, 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 the uh, the porting I've been doing to try and get the AT, the uh, Wi-Fi manager working works great. It's almost drop-in for the um, um, ESP32, but there's a little difference, just some subtle differences in the in the timing and in the responses that can be in the ESP266 that requires some adjustments. So we'll see where that goes um, and how, how well we can maintain the ESP8266 support. I'll keep trying. Um, yeah, and then um, again, played a lot with uh, Brent's new uh, AIO um, drivers that that's working really, really well. And it's trivial to port that over to the, uh, the Wi-Fi manager for the AT control. Um, that's really a very simple thing to do. Uh, both uh, uh, Melissa and uh, um, Brent did a great job making making that easy. Um, there was a bunch of Featherwing stuff uh, that I was testing out last week. That was again a lot of fun to just play with the new the new libraries that are out there. And um, I found a, found out that the um, in doing that found out that the the default bus support for the Singleton um, I to C and SPI drivers and UART weren't enabled for the particle boards. So I I, I fixed that and that, that's working nicely. So coming up is just to finish this port of the AT control. Um, I've been trying to update the coprocessor guide, especially the AT side. Um, and um, it's just, a, as you all know, guides are <laughs> guides are a pain. Yes. And uh, and still uh, still hoping this week to find some more time to play with BLE and display I.O. Always on the list. Excellent. All right. And that is hug reports. So next up, we have in the weeds. Um, in the weeds is a chance to discuss uh, more long form discussions. Um, any kind of uh, thing that you think um, would have taken longer to discuss or something you have a question about, uh, that sort of thing. If you do have an in the weeds uh, topic, please post it um, exactly like Summersoft just did into the text chat while we're discussing the other things. Um, and let us know and that way we can just continue to move and we're not uh, waiting a long time. So the first one in the weeds is Jerry. Do you want to go ahead and tell us about that? Yeah, so this this turned up uh, over the weekend. Uh, one part of it in the response to something I, I stumbled across and then there's there also a forum post. So the the new Featherwing library added has a bunch of, or not so new, but has a bunch of things where it enables um, things like the alphameric display, a lot of I2C devices. Mm -hmm. The way it's currently written, if you use that and set it up, then when you try to um, instead to set up another I2C device after that, it says the pins are busy and you can't do it. Okay. So I think this, are you aware of this already? Only in, uh, only peripherally and following your, your thread about it. Okay. Was that, yeah, there was there was a comment that, that you might, might already be on it. So if you are, that's fine. I just wanted to point it out. I, I played around with it a little bit, um, and I first came up with a workaround that just involved sort of kludging together something within the library there, but it wasn't. I didn't like it much. And then I then I played around a little bit more. So I posted an issue to the Featherwing library. You can take a look at it, okay. and I think there's a really easy workaround to make it work. I, but again, I I need someone with a little more experience in in in, in the Python side to, to see if it's the right way to do it. Okay. Um, and then a similar thing, there was, again, there was a forum post over the week where somebody ran into the same problem in a different form in the MotorKit library. Okay. So um, I think there's an easy workaround, but again, if you want to take a look, if you have questions, let me know. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I have not started work on it, so I will definitely... Um... There might actually just be as simple as putting it between a try and accept block. Okay. Um, so that if you try and call it twice to reinitialize it, I mean it's already initialized, so it doesn't well, really matter. Well, when you call, but you well, you try that. But I think when, the, when you're trying to set up another device, you have to pass it the bus name. So and you can still pass it shared. I squared C bus 
Well, you could, but but I think you don't have to. I think if you do it the other way, you don't even need that. I think the whole shared library can just go away. The whole shared.pi file. That was my hope. But maybe, again, maybe I'm wrong on that. It's definitely um, worth discussing. Uh, I know that was set up when Scott originally started the library. I think the intention was to limit repeated code. Um, however, if it's interfering with the ability to use the library with other devices, then we may need to reconsider it. Yeah, and so again, uh, there may be there may be other reasons, other ramifications, and but clearly, it, I, I know. You know, the case I ran into was I, I wanted to you know read a temperature sensor and display it on an alphanumeric display. So you have to be able to they have to they have to coexist to be useful. Right. <laughs> so, um, so again, there and but like I said, there may be maybe a totally different approach. But okay, I just wanted to get it out there and uh, and I'm open to anything that works really. Okay, if you could yeah. um, post a link to that issue in the um, chat and tag me, yeah, that would be that great. Right okay, um, thanks. Yeah, for sure, and I'll take a look at it, um, and we can uh, we can discuss it, and I'll have yeah, we can um, Melissa, myself, and you can discuss it. Yep, um, and and just there are some boards that that will not work with it, such as the uh, like the the dongle, the the one double five nine is is damn point, it's not a feather. And if you just try and set, up, you know, it doesn't have the pins defined, so you can't use the the um, the um, default bus definitions. But okay. that's probably a pretty special case. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, so, we'll but see. at the same time, we have it on PyPI, like to be able to use it with Blinka and Raspberry Pi. Which, so I mean, we we're trying to make yeah. it so that it's usable with feather wings on on other things. I think. Yeah. That, They'll be okay because they do. I think they do have a default, you know, mm -hmm. yes. set of pins. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Excellent. Uh, thanks, Jerry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Summersoft has a topic. Um, move. The question is: Move the ESP eighty two sixty six AT support to the community bundle? Question mark. Um. That is a good question. Um. I'm not sure. Uh, it's at the moment. It's um, we're 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 not supporting it. So I guess in theory we we don't want to have libraries that we're not supporting in the main bundle, since that's kind of the whole concept of the main bundle um, is that we are responsible for those libraries. Uh, so I'm not sure. Um, I think that might actually be a question like to pass by internally. Just to make sure, because I don't know what um, Lady Ada's plans are for it. Or Summersoft said in the chat, if Adafruit is to full drop ESP8266 support in the AT library, or if it just causes too much overhead, we could make a specific 8266 AT library out of it in the community bundle. Allows a vector for at least minimal use and future maintainability. So, so you're suggesting leaving the support for the ESP32 in the in the main library, or leaving that one there and just breaking it up? Um, yeah, I mean, I think let's see how the 8266 goes. If it's really, you know, we didn't spend a lot of time uh, trying to make make everything common between the two. There's, in other words, Lady Ada and I kept tripping across problems that would happen where you Get something working on the ESP8266, and it would work fine. And then when you go to the ESP32, it would almost work, and there'd be just some there's you know carriage return missing from the response or a mm -hmm. different different thing. So then we found ways to you know handle both cases, and it, you have to go through them sort of case by case. In fact, I, I'm stuck with one of those right now. Um, the big the big problem is going to occur. And I I haven't run into this very much. It looks like some some sites are very forgiving. Like Adafruit IO seems to work okay with the ESP8266 SSL connections, but other sites don't. Um, it you know it, its SSL is pretty minimal, so that that may be a bigger limitation in the long run to make it less than useful. Um, so I'm up yeah I'm open to either way, and um you know. I was open to dropping support for the AT library completely 
you know, as it was talked about too, because it, it really was an experiment. Um, it, it made it so, yeah, whatever you guys want to do, it could go in the community bundle. It can, you know, those of us who are playing with it, we already have it. So we, we can do what we want with it. Okay. Um, I, like I said, I think that's something worth discussing internally, just to make sure that um, Lady Ada doesn't have any specific plans for it. Uh, but if we're dropping support for it completely, I, I don't think it belongs in the main bundle. Um, so I think uh, I think I think if somebody's going to maintain it, like if someone else wants to maintain it, we can move it into the community bundle, and that would be fine. Um, or we you know do what we do with other libraries that we don't support, which is when where we um, archive the repo, and if you can fork it and do what you want with it. Um, but I don't know that we want to go that far. So uh, I will bring this up. Um, in our next meeting and find out um, what the thought is, what the plan is. Yeah, I hope things like like um, Brent just put in, you know, a really um, simple little hook into into his thing that allows it to coexist, it allows it to work with it. Um, it requires very little support. So I hope things like that can main, maintain so that the the functionality um, can can people can take advantage of all of the other libraries that are there. Like the um, the Adafruit IO because that that's really the key thing to be able to use with it. So just as a minimum, we can keep that that connection alive. Be nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, sounds good. All right. Uh, the last in the weeds topic we have so far is uh, Brent. Do you want to take that away? Yeah. Um, this is. I feel I know the answer, but I really don't. Um, so currently, um, Adafruit IO Circuit Python through requests will receive data as a dict, and that will be coming from Adafruit.io's API. And um, to call it, you would do something like feed name and then value. But the IO Python library use it, takes that dict and converts it into name tuples, which is kind of weird, so it can use feed name dot value. And I'm not sure if that implementation Python like is a good implementation to keep using because the API could return in different order. And if you use an ordered Python data structure like name tuples, if it returns in the wrong field, calling value could call key or something like that. So I'm curious to see if anybody is for or against. So are there cases also that it has to be a legitimate identifier? Like, are yeah. there, could it actually return like uh, a you know a, a string that wasn't wasn't a Python identifier? Right um, now, it can be any string, but if uh... right now calling uh, value will bring the value fields from the API response like every time because it's affiliated with the name um, as a dict. Right, but can you make value names that are not that are not legitimate Python identifiers? I'm not sure. Okay, and the other thing is that you know, so name tuples are immutable, and it may be convenient or not to be able to set. Yeah, I was looking at that because you don't. Uh, the user is not able to modify the value that's brought in or do something to um, anything within name tuple. I don't know. It's a weird implementation um, that the previous library has. I thought, like, it's quite strange that I don't know if I want to bring to the new one going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I, like I, a dict to name tuple yeah. type conversion. And then it uses the fields um, like of the API response to set each field of the name tuple. Well, or it constructs a name tuple with all those values, right? Right. So can, it, can you have nested values in Adafruit IO? Some of them are nested. But the general response is for like beta and feeds. Okay. And groups are not nested. I, I, unless there's a ton of 
Adafruit I.O. code in Python, then you feel like you have to be backward compatible. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the right way to go about it either. I, mean, I think <laughs> might, we might discuss this with the original author too. And even yeah. a little more. So that's Summersoft has a good point is that you might, it might be a yeah. new, you need, if you have a large name tuple and then you want to flip one value, you know, increment it or something. Right, I think it'd be best if we leave it as is in that case. Right, also using a name tuple, I think, creates a subclass. So that's more overhead than maybe we want in CircuitPython. Mm -hmm. so okay, I, I yeah. Think the current scheme sounds pretty good. It's sort of straightforward. Yeah, it's one of those cases where I have no idea the uh, thought that went into the previous one. We could also add something like we could catch get adder uh, errors and kind of emulate the old way of doing it. So, like if you try to use an attribute that's not defined, then we could look it up. But I'm not yeah. sure it's worth doing. Yeah, so I, I don't know enough about it to really know, know but I, I think there, there are pluses and minuses, but name tuple mm -hmm. is more restrictive and it might be more storage overhead in CircuitPython, so. I, That's I, what I was wondering, yeah. Okay. It might be worth filing an issue on the CircuitPython repo for um, broader, dis like broader discussion. Yeah, I'll make one over there. Um, that way, you can actually put, you know, links to actual things in there, and um, also it will get probably more exposure to um, more more thorough ability to discuss it. Yep. All right. Sounds good. So I don't see any more in the weeds issues. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up. Uh, this has been the CircuitPython Weekly for 25 February 2019. Um, we are here every week, uh, and we are in the Adafruit uh, Discord CircuitPython chat all week. So feel free to join us there at adafru.it slash discord. Um, that is the invite link uh, that will help you out to um, get joined and uh, come chat with us. Uh, we are uh, a podcast as well on all sorts of different podcast services. Let us know if we are missing from your favorite podcast service. Uh, and this uh, is a video as well, and it will go up on YouTube um, as soon as it is ready to go. And with that, thanks, everybody. Um, yeah, and have a wonderful week, and we will see you all next week.